All right, let's start with who you are. I'm Alice Marie Johnson. I'm a criminal justice reform advocate and CEO of Taking Action for Good. It's so nice to see you, Miss Alice. Now, we're full disclosure for the audience. We're friends, and we've known each other for a little while. And I've, of course, been following your story. But to, and we're at South by Southwest, which is why we're doing this podcast, CX in the Wild. Can you, uh, first of all, tell us why you're here at South by Southwest. Well, I'm here for a, uh, I'll be on a panel with Spin, I'm here with Spin Magazine, Jason Flum um, and myself and two, three others, it'll be four of us and all on a panel, and it's called Getting Loud, Music's Effect on Criminal Justice Reform. Lava for Good and Stand Together has come together to present this uh, panel today. I'm very excited about it. Wow. It, what a great connection between music and criminal justice. But I would say music as a central aspect of all lives and how it impacts our lives. And when you're, how are you tying that to the work that you're doing? Well, we know that in the past, movements have been energized through music, like um, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On mm -hmm. and Sam Cooke's. What he's saying about change is going to come. So many movements have been inspired by music because then you feel it, you're humming it, and it makes you think about what others are going through. And we've got artists now who will be in the audience today to listen to our panel. And I really want to encourage them to use their platform, to use their music, their voices to reach a broader audience. They've got, we've got this incredible chance to really put criminal justice front and center right here at uh, South by Southwest. And how it affects my work is I'm a criminal justice reform advocate. I have an organization called Taking Action for Good. And what we do is we humanize. We bring more than just a good read, but we actually bring the faces and the families of those who are incarcerated who need a second chance. Next month will be second chance month. So I'm on the ground and running, trying to really magnify those families and what it's done to the communities to have people incarcerated for so long. And also, I'm, I'm working, too, with juvenile justice because we know that it becomes a pipeline to prison. If we can make changes with our juveniles, then we have stopped, we have saved another family. We've made a difference in a community. So I'm really excited about being here today and especially with the work that I do. So. so that's, and let's talk about the work because I know you, but you have a really interesting story. The first time I met you, you said, <laughs> I have a kind of interesting story. Can you share just in a sh short few minutes your, your backstory and what led you to, to today? Well, my backstory is I was a first time nonviolent offender caught up in a conspiracy, a drug conspiracy. I'd never been in trouble in my life. I never sold drugs. I never used drugs. But because of the conspiracy laws, I was caught up and I received one of the harshest sentences that a person can receive. I was off for three years not to go to trial. I turned it down because I just could not accept signing a plea for what they were accusing me of. So three years turned into life plus 25 years without the possibility of parole. But Dennis, I've made a decision going into prison. It was shocking because I didn't even know 
that a life sentence was possible for what I had done. My telephone. I literally passed phone numbers to my ex-boyfriend and he would call them. I never knew them. I never got involved in the drug deals or anything. But, you know, I know that what I did was wrong because any part that I played. But to get a life plus 25 year sentence was also wrong. But as I was about to say, I made a decision when I went in that I am going to still live life full because I'm not dead, even though they told me I'd come out dead. They, I'm going to impact my community, the prison community, because that became my new normal was being in prison. So after really meeting women in there who were truly hopeless and they were going home, I thought I'd start using gifts that I had like theater writing plays and getting them motivated and involved in just living life and doing things. So I started speaking toward the end. I, I, I'm going to say in 2016 was my first speaking engagement. I spoke at colleges from prison. I spoke at Hunter's College, the Yale University, New York University, the University of Washington in Seattle. Then I spoke at Google and YouTube events about criminal justice I didn't know how unique that was until mm. I came home. No one has ever done that before. So my story got out and I was approached to do a video op-ed. They contacted me through another advocate. If I do a video op-ed and that op-ed went viral, Kim Kardashian, someone she followed, shared it on Twitter. She said she had not been on Twitter for several days. And as soon as she logged onto Twitter, my face popped up and I'm telling my story and she saw it and she tweeted out, this is so unfair. And by the way, Dennis, this might sound really strange, but I didn't even know who Kim Kardashian was. I had been gone already for 21 years. So mm. when I left and went to prison, she was a little girl. So she kicked into action. She contacted uh, Ivanka, then Jared, and then she put together a brand new legal team. They call themselves Team Alice. And for seven months, they fought for Kim to get a meeting with the president. We needed clemency because I had already exhausted all of my other remedies. So she got the meeting on May 30th, which just so happened to be my birthday. Seven days later, I was running across the road into freedom. And when I ran across that road, Dennis, I have not stopped running since. I made a promise to the women I left behind that I would fight for them. I wouldn't forget about them. And that's exactly what I've been doing. And I can honestly say that it's been rewarding. It's been exhausting. I've seen that my release literally brought together people from across the political aisles to come together to agree on this is wrong. I think my face put a face on the need for criminal justice reform in America. And I started fighting for the First Step Act and I was on posters all over at the airports, at the bus stations. I was in 66 places in D.C. so that everywhere the uh, lawmakers turned, they saw my face and they could go online and read my story. And that most historic, most important criminal justice reform bill in 30 years was signed into law six months after I released. And even while they were doing press on it, trying to get uh, the president, President Trump, to agree to sign it after my case came to his attention and he saw the injustice of it during his press conference. He said, 
I was they brought me rehabilitation in the First Step Act. But I asked for sentencing reform because I don't want there to be another Alice Johnson. Hmm. So, you know, I look at this dentist that when you do something, I didn't know at the time that all of this, of course, I'm just living life. So I don't know. I'm trying to do the best that I can in prison, stay motivated, keep my hope alive. And I would be a catalyst for this First Step Act bill. I was summoned to the United Nations on International Women's Month, which happens to be this month. And on March the 8th, that I was honored as a women's rights defender, only four from around the world. And I was the only one from North America for the work that I did in prison, changing an education system. You know, I love I love the, the, the your story is so outstanding overall, but leading up to now, yes, that's a great story. But what I think is the the thing that inspires me and what I'd love to talk about today is you as a having gone through all this amazing odyssey is, is incredible. But what you did when you got out and then now what you're doing about the work that you're doing to enhance the human experience. You know, I work in customer experience. It's all about people who spend money with corporations. And then when it gets a little deeper, it's about employee experience, serving the people on the front lines, creating both better customer care. When we get into the healthcare industry, it starts to become more personal with patients. Yes. But now you, in your work in criminal justice reform, working to inspire people through musical movements. I see you working in all of these different areas to enhance the human experience. And I think that your, your voice and I think your courage for and leadership and inspiration for change is something that whether I'm a HR leader in a corporation thinking about diversity and inclusivity or trying to motivate uh, the whole spectrum of, of people in my organization. We can all learn from you. Before we even go on, I wanted to share with you, I had someone on the podcast um, uh, a couple months ago, and she had this interesting um, perspective. She was head of customer experience for a utilities company. And what she said was, her customers, it doesn't matter how much they pay, and you can't turn their service off if they can't pay. You have to serve the community with this utility and be good to all people because the community relies on electricity. And so the way she was exploring her purpose to serve people and customers or human experience at scale was really inspiring to me. And I think what you're doing I see you inspiring young people, corporate executives, musicians, politicians. What is what is your vision for the next year? You know, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish for this next year? You've you I certainly your work every day is with helping people in the directly in the criminal justice system um, get um, support. But for you personally, what what's the next year, five years, your vision look like? What do you want to do? Because you could do anything. You could be in movies. You could be on TV. <laughs> you could be working in, in politics. What, do you, what are you thinking about? Well, what I'd like to do is really go around this country. I want to inspire a movement, Dennis. I want people to get back to looking beyond where they are right now and having hope. I want them to say, yes, this happened to me. Yes, I may have 
gone through this, but I want to inspire them to move beyond what they can see, what's in the past, and get a forward outlook and just really say, it's all good. It's all good. good. What happened to me, experience what I went through, it's all good. And then start start really helping them to catch a vision of just us moving forward. And I'd like to take that vision not only through around this country, but I would like to have a world impact. I know that um, because it was such, my release was streamed all over the world. People all over the world saw it. And my, I still get uh, messages from people in other countries. I just came back from Japan and they're about to start a criminal justice reform movement. But I want to do more than criminal justice. Uh, I want to be involved in that. But I also want to, the everyday person, I think my story has given so many people yeah. hope. And that is what my message is. And that's what I want to impact. I want to literally impact the world for good. You know, what I like about your voice is while steeped in adversity, and and this is an unpopular opinion. People don't talk about this enough. But your story, you don't focus on the negative. And I think it's proof that there is goodness in the world. I think that people do want to do the right thing. I think that in all the chaos of all the business and politics, justice, you know, we hear so many negative things. Whenever something bad happens in the system, it's like this story. The first but, thing. But you bring constant stories of positivity, positive change. And I like myself doubling down on that because we need more voices who just stop trying to talk about the negative drama and say, this is the good change that can happen in the world. Where, where, but I know it's hard. Ms. Alice, as the audience gets to know you, what's the most challenging part of, of the work that you do? I, the most challenging part is to get people to really see that there are things that they can agree upon. And I think that we all need hope. It's crossing. Um, it's because we've had so much negativity, mm-hmm. as you said, that that's the hard thing. I think that changing the minds of people. I was in one of the darkest places that a person could possibly be. My life was concrete, razor wire, and steel. That's what I saw every day. Few places had flowers and things like that that you could see the beauty. But right now, I think the world is sometimes will let themselves get into a dark place because of what they're hearing. We forget about the inherent goodness that is in people. And sometimes that means putting all of your differences aside, your political differences, your religious differences and and whatever your difference is and just learn from each other to get back to the humanity of all of us. I feel that even though that there is divisiveness and darkness, I look past that. If I got past prison and being told that I will only come home in a body bag, this is, I'm not going to say child's play, but this is not even as challenging as prison was for me. I had to interact with women from all over the world because it was a federal prison. And they had, and we learned to get along. We learn to not just survive there, but have laughter, have community. And the, the place that I left when I went to prison was not the way that it is now. And so I'm not daunted by what I see. And 
I look at really obstacles. I know this may be cliche, but I look at obstacles as opportunities. If you've got just one light in all this darkness, it's no longer a dark place. It's a place with a little light in it. Mm -hmm. It's true. Any sliver of light in the tunnel is a guide. I think you guide a lot of people. I, I know that you're working a lot in the political arenas and in the justice system. But it would be so nice to help you gather a movement and 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 grow your audience. How do um, what is uh, how what is the best way that people can support you in your in this next year or the next couple of years to to grow your vision of spreading more positive humanity everywhere? Well, Dennis, I'm going to tell you, I absolutely love what you're doing. And I'd love for you to be on this journey with me also. Uh, right now, they can go to takeanactionforgood.org and they can look at some of the things that I've been doing. But I plan on launching something even bigger uh, so they can they can see what we're doing. And I'll be announcing it also on my takeanactionforgood.org, the things that I'm doing so they can keep up with me there. But I love to after this uh, interaction with you and your podcast. Of course, we stay in touch, but I would love to see how we can partner to do some things because uh, I think that your mission is very much in alignment with my mission, too. So I'm just really excited about what the future holds. I've not allowed myself to get into those dark places. I, I you know, I think everyone have days and mm -hmm. they're not good days. Uh, but we can still look back and say, even those days, I made it through them, and now it's all good. And and I love what you're saying because it's about collaboration it with is. each other. Mm -hmm. And I I think for me to, in a collaboration with you, I would love to get more leaders involved with you from the business sector because you know you are in the entertainment sector and the fame fame sector and, and even sports. I I know you're you have some sports relationships in politics, of course. But I think it'd be so nice to get your voice in with some customer experience leaders around the world who their job, you know what the customer experience uh, role that their job is in a big corporation is to use empathy as a business tool. Mm. And I think you would be a fantastic inspiration and coach for anyone in the customer experience industry, particularly a, a very large brand who has interests that range from young people to the elderly, wide communities of people who want to enhance the human condition. You know, I think that that's really important. Have you ever done, um, have you ever been and spoken on uh, in diversity and inclusivity in a wider context outside of criminal justice? Or are you honed right in on criminal justice? Well, in initially, work? that was completely my audience. But I'm truly ready to diversify because this is not just a message about criminal justice reform. It's really about us thinking. It's about us looking at people again as people, bringing them in to include their voices to give them a seat at the table. And also looking at how this will impact communities. When you impact one person, you mm -hmm. impact the community. So I know that what I could bring to corporate America is really what is needed in this hour. So I'm ready for it, Dennis. I'm ready for the challenge. I'm going to have it. to make some introductions <laughs> for you. Thank you. Let, let me ask you, what is, just in, in closing, 
what advice would you give? Not would you give. What do you tell? Because I know you've met with presidents and senators and governors, governors and entertainers and and, and, and sports figures. Yes. What do you, what is what do you tell people? What is your advice for each of us that we can take away from this discussion and live a little bit more Alice Marie Johnson in our own <laughs> lives? What is your advice for me and to be better at being a better person to spread more humanity? I think my advice to anyone would be is to look at the person that you're right in front of now. Because that one person is someone who you may be able to impact for good, have more empathy, try just talking and trying to understand where they're coming from. But we have to start with looking in the mirror at ourselves to see if we are part of this problem. And we can start right where we are today to say, I'm not going to have a frown. I'm going to, I'm going to have a, I'm going to turn that frown up into a smile and I'm going to see someone. I'm just going to gift them with a smile and really be more understanding to look at people as people. And I have to say this last thing. When I was in prison, I never asked a woman how you got there, what your crime was, what did you do? Because whatever they did was in the past. However, I met them in that moment. That's who they were to me in that moment. And I think that's that's been a gift that I received from prison was to look at people just as people and people appreciate that. Sometimes people have this fear that you're going to find out something and then you're going to prejudge them. I don't prejudge anyone. When I met you, Dennis, I had no judgment. You had you had a blank page with me and I let you write on it. I, I think that's fantastic advice. If we all just gave permission to other people to be their best self. Yes. And let helped write stories with people that were positive about everyone. We looked for so much drama. I'm I've been on a on a kick recently. I'm just so disappointed in the algorithms, the way they portrayed negativity, and I'm happy about AI moving us away from that. But I think as a culture, just what you said, if we meet each person and in the present try to collaborate on it on a story that's empathetic for each other mm-hmm. and gives us both the opportunity to be our best selves. That's great advice. <laughs> Miss Alice, thank you for being on my podcast. So takingactionforgood.org. I'll yes. put a link to that in so people can reach it. I think, and there's a way to donate in, uh, in that site. Oh, yes, because anything that we do, it has to be powered by something mm-hmm. or it will fail. So I would love for your audience to join me in taking action for good. And also what I will be doing in the future. This is going to be a journey of their lifetime, too, because it's going to affect generations to come. And let's work together to change our world for good. Miss Alice, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, let me let me double check, make sure.